And at last, the festival finale. And it should be another amazing musical event. Well, you're right. First of all, it is a culmination of Brahms' cycle with his glorious fourth symphony. I am noticed repeating myself with the adjectives for but, Brahms. But appropriately so. So I'm sorry about this just a useless language here because the music of Brahms is undescribable and his fourth symphony is one and only. I just cannot say or feel enough of that piece. But the other feature is uh, appearance of Lynn Harrell, yes. who is going to play Dvořák's cello concerto. So you could clearly say that this program altogether is a summit. It is a, a summit in genre and obviously musical performance with Lynn Harrell as the soloist. But the, the Dvořák, although it bears the name concerto, is certainly one of the most symphonic uh, concerti ever written. Yes. Uh, we, could, we could always say that uh, the pianists are blessed with a great number and variety of concertos and so are the violinists. The cello repertoire is much smaller to which cello players always say, but we have Dvořák cello concerto and you don't. <laughs> and that is correct. Yes. It always will remain a subject of very bitter envy of uh, all <laughs> violinists and pianists because it is such a glorious piece of music. And in the third installment of the Brahms Fest, uh, we have Brahms and Schumann, who obviously right. were very close personally and musically. But in the festival finale, we have another very important relationship reflected, and that is the relationship between Brahms and Dvořák. And Dvořák. Great friends. And Brahms, of course, was great supporter of Dvořák and introduced him to publisher and, and edit his works too. So that is a friendship which is in a way unusual, but a great friendship of two great composers. And having uh, done the last three symphonies of Dvořák last summer, one's always reminded that Dvořák not only received support from Brahms, but received, I think, inspiration. Oh, absolutely. And, um, yes. And inspiration in the sense of almost a challenge to elevate what he did uh, as a composer symphonically. And although he had plenty of his own talent and ingenuity and, and really seems to have never written a bad piece, uh, this link between Brahms and Dvorak was quite important, uh, I think, for both composers, particularly Dvorak. And the cello concerto, of course, not only features the cello soloist, but features the orchestra and solo instruments in wonderful ways, too. In a very powerful way. Yes. I have to say, all the orchestral tutis are just like another symphony yes. of Dvorak. Absol yes. Absolutely. Um, would you um, agree with the assessment that of the four symphonies of Brahms, the fourth is perhaps the most austere and reflective of the mature Brahms, the, the structure of it, his, his choice of harmony, it, it almost out of the four to me um, links to the musical past more than any of the others. Well, it is a synthesis. It is what we call the last word. It is a uh, last word of a journey. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a culmination and the synthesis, I like the word synthesis because of all the elements of preceding developments of cultures 
going all bay all the way back to Palestrina and Heinrich Schutz yes through the works of great uh, Handel and Bach and of course Viennese school with Beethoven too yes. but also with development of romantic music of Schubert and uh, Robert Schumann well and from the very first notes it has this um, sort of reflective almost sentimental quality with the, the constant sort of um, interchange in the melody of statement and question and, and answer it's very moving and then the second movement always seems to me almost like something from the very distant almost like the time of the Meister singers um, some kind of procession right. from the great distant past yeah, I, I call the harmonical uh, modal scope of second movement archaic archaic absolutely it's archaic. It's, it's a modal Mode, piece exactly yeah. Ab yeah absolutely and and then the devilish third movement my god the only brahms symphony movement to use percussion of any kind right which is the triangle and it's yeah. perfectly chosen for the occasion very appropriate yes and then of course pasakalia is uh, beyond words the, the Pasakalia—it's—it's yes, it's one of the um, oldest musical devices. Uh, many composers from way before the time of Bach used this. It was a very popular thing in the early Baroque for solo violin pieces because a Pasakalia is basically a harmonic progression that is repeated with uh, variations above it. And Brahms, of course, is one of the greatest variation composers who ever lived. And it has the type of structure that you see in something like Bach's Goldberg variations. Well, but in addition to that, he he was uh, able to combine variations in a structure of large symphonic movement. Yes. With a with the exposition and the middle section and definitely recapitulation and coda. Yes. So there are elements of symphonic form, but in a style of uh, Pasakalia variations, just astonishing writing, and and his his ability, for instance, before that recapitulation, to um, just bring things into such intense focus with the flute solo and just the the contrast. I was thinking about that that scherzo and how necessary it is. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Brahms knew that, and between the austerity of the second movement and the sort of rigid adherence to structure at the last moment, that scherzo couldn't be more needed or wonderful. Yes, well it's a release too. Yes, absolutely. There is another interesting um, connection between those two great works and that is a key. Mm. B and E. Minor. Yeah, of course we don't really talk in our pre-concert talks about keys, but I have to stress that for us creators of programs, the relationship of keys are extremely important uh, because it provides additional unseen and unregistered unity to the whole evening experience. And here we have this unity uh, like a dominant and tonic between the key of the uh, cello concerto and the key of the symphony. Like a good meal where everything sort of works around a common set of ingredients that's right flows nicely from one thing to the next exactly and finally we would like to mention our executive director of our production and cinematographer producer uh, set designer yes and working, camera operator working hard behind the scene and that is Christian Feigard and and PMF player absolutely 
So thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. And thank you for listening. <laughs>